it's like those moments. It's like it's like everything. We don't notice change. Change happens on such a geologic scale that we can't like even really. It's not perceivable, right? It's like your hair growing. You don't notice it's growing until like you actually like look at it and be like, oh damn, my hair is super long. I got to get a haircut. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. Let old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Let old acquaintance be forgot for days of old lang syne. Just tear-jerking, Dave. Tear-jerking rendition. (laughs) Ah, man. There are some really classic moments with that song in my life. Yes. There really are. I just have this memory of one night just like sitting on Luke Bonta's floor with a keyboard. It's just singing that song for hours on the, on the old demo version, hitting the demo and just singing that song one night, one new year's, you know? Yeah. I think you didn't even know the words that new year's. No, <laughs> just let all acquaintance be forgot over and yeah. over again. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Bob, do you have any good new year's memories? I, feel like I really like New Year's and yeah, for the listeners, well, if they don't know already, we're recording on New Year's Eve 2020 and New Year's memories. You know, I have one, there's always Dan Cantrick lurking in the the background of a New Year's, isn't there? (laughs) He's out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, And... 2004, 2005, we found ourselves in the mountains, the Alps of southern Bavaria in Lindau, Lindau, Germany. And we had taken three trains from Erlangen to get there. And it was just a joy. And I just remember drinking beer, champagne, and Jägermeister all at once. And not, you know, not even an hour later, I was throwing up on our host's car floor. Uh, and <laughs> meanwhile, I think you and Dan made it to three countries that night. You made it yeah. to Austria and um, Liechtenstein. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. The, the club we went to, we had to drive through Austria and we, it was in Liechtenstein. It was a four-story like Euro discotheque, you know? And each, each story had a different like theme oh, to it. Yes. Nice. And, and did did you happen to pass through Switzerland as well? I don't think so. I mean, Liechtenstein borders Switzerland as well, right? I just don't think we made yeah. it there. Yeah. And I bet if it was daytime at the top of the club, you probably could have seen all, uh, you could have seen four different countries, you know? Yeah, that does seem possible. Amazing. Yeah. I have a memory... I guess I'm just flooded with all kinds of Dan Cantrick memories. I remember one one New Year's, you and I got in a huge fight at Abo's Pizza. That's right. And I got like stranded on downtown Pearl Street. And I had to walk home, which wasn't a big deal, but I just felt very alone, you know? 
And I remember trying to call you and call you and on my way home, I was like, I might as well stop off for a slice of pizza. Yeah. And you and Dan were both at Cosmos. And I came in and I just like got so mad and just started walking home. <laughs> That's right. And I don't think I ever made it because we made up the next day playing an old school video game dodgeball together. Do you remember? Yeah, the original Nintendo Entertainment System dodgeball. <laughs> yep. Not to mention the New Year's we went snowshoeing with Dan Cantrick. Uh, yeah, you know, see, see, this is what I'm saying. I think you and Dan had a streak of like eight straight New Year's. Is that right? Yeah, it seems about right. <laughs> oh, man. Not, uh, karaoke. We used to do karaoke every New Year's, remember? Yeah, we did. Great. Here we are. Podcasting. Podcasting? Yeah. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. Um, true. Yeah. Why don't we... Uh, Talk about this idea of, you know, end of the year, like people look back and reflect and they have their lists and things like that. Um, have, do, you, do you follow any of those things, Dave? Do you read about those or watch them on YouTube or anything like that? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the world we live in now, like we're just all like subscribed to so many different things without our our desire to be subscribed to them or like I get updates on my phone like crazy, you know, (laughs) or like to your email. And, uh, yeah, I feel like it's this thing. It's like this trending thing to like, look back on. I mean, of course we've done it forever, but I feel like it's just like getting more and more out of control, you know? And it's like, look back on the top five paper towel brand brands of 2020 or like, it's just like so nuanced and niche, you know, but I also en- enjoy that the aspect, and I think that that's kind of what we're going to be doing um, today quite a bit, like thinking about looking back on our year and our podcast, basically, and really nuance, really n- narrow cast it looking back on 2020. But yeah, I just feel like these lists so much of the time can just like frustrate me, and I felt like I found myself looking at a list and it said one of the best things that happened in 2020 was Taylor Swift released two back-to-back albums. And I was like, this is like, how is this newsworthy? You know? Right. Yeah. That is really searching for some good news. I felt like we came up with some better good news last week in the podcast. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I do think that it, it is interesting to look back and remember like January and February, like, Kobe Bryant died this year. And I felt like when I was looking at one of these lists, I was like, oh man, yeah, that was this year that Kobe died. It felt like, because it feels like pre-corona time feels like a different era, you know? Yeah. Um, So it's hard to like separate that a little bit for me. But yeah, anything that you came across on your list as you were searching this week, Bob? Yeah, two things. Uh, Just on that topic, um, you know, I have a lot of, friends who are into astrology. And I remember distinctly the the week of March 11th that Mercury came out of retrograde. And, you know, before that point of the year, January and February were pretty, you know, not great. You know, the fires in Australia, um, the massive strike at UCSC, there's a lot of chaos. So it seemed like, oh, wow, Mercury's finally coming out of retrograde. 
Um, and that was the exact week that California went into our first shelter in place. So I always think that's hilarious. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> if, if that was met Mercury in retrograde, what the hell is this? You know? So that's yeah. always a, a question I have for my astrologer friends. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways. I'm yeah. sure you're getting a lot of tweets about that this week, Bob. I really hope so. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get these tweets going. Yeah. And well, the other thing is, um, Netflix has a show called death to 2020 and it's a retrospective, a pretty good one. It, it's like a comedy. It's like a mockumentary, I think by the people who did black mirror, but it yeah. doesn't really feel like black mirror. It, it feels like more Christopher guest or something. Uh, so they just interview a lot of like so-called experts and it's hilarious. They're just making jokes about the whole year, but also showing so many of the events and there's actually a pretty good political edge to it. It's like, for example, one of their characters is a like white soccer mom. And through this show, the more they interview her, the more it comes out that she's like, watching conspiracy theorists, you know, right-wing conspiracy theorists online, and that she had, like, those moments where she was calling the police on Black people, and she's spouting all this, like, hate, and by the end of it, she's, like, a Nazi, and I just thought that was a pretty good commentary on, like, white, middle-class, you know, like, so-called apolitical people. Um, Yeah, because, I don't know if you know this, but... Uh, did you know is that 25% of the U.S. population believes in conspiracy theories? So they're quite quite out there. So yeah, that's a, I guess that's a tuned in as well. And yeah. I would recommend that show. Oh, boy. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I did see a Samuel L. Jackson quote. And I'm, I don't have it, so I'm just going to butcher it a bit. But it goes something like... You know, 2020 will remember will be remembered for like the coronavirus and police brutality, and while like or like something to the effect of like I, while the coronavirus might have killed more people, like at least it doesn't drive around your neighborhood with a sign saying "protect and serve" on it. Something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, it was. I can't quite remember that, but it was really good like critique of the police it was subtly a really good political um mockumentary cool yeah i bet it's worth watching i'm excited to view it in the upcoming weeks yeah definitely i do recommend it. and samuel l is quite good in it yeah well i think bob that also kind of segues us nicely into a few of th- the things we're going to talk about this week, um, we're going to take a look back on our podcast and talk about some of our favorite things and least favorite things and growth moments and just kind of, I mean, this is episode 34, which we never thought we'd make it this far. No, we didn't. It's also the end of a season too, Bob. It's the end of our celebration season and it feels really yep. fitting to go out on a high note. and. Yeah, just like this is, we've gone through so much celebration. We started in Halloween thinking about holiday season. And really, this is like, some people might argue that the celebration season goes to February um, with like Valentine's Day, maybe. But I feel like this is kind of like the culmination of it all, you know, yeah. of the quote unquote holiday season. 
And yeah, I feel like it's been kind of a a nice treat to be thinking about celebration during the holidays and feels like a good fireworks to go out on, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. We're fortunate that we get to be podcasting on a celebratory day. And yeah, so with looking back on this season, in this final episode of this season, do you have any reflections? Did you learn anything about celebration or celebration in in these times? Yeah, I feel like of the episodes we talked about, the the most growth that I that I did was sort of, I guess, like the idea of celebrating the other, the episode thirty, from darkness to delightfulness. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that one? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and I, I feel like. I don't know. I guess the whole theme for me was just like thinking about how we can be together in this time of isolation, but also like to to know that celebration can lead to like happiness too. So yeah, there wasn't huge revelations for me this season and I feel like that's okay. Um, But I do like the fact that just like taking a critical lens as we try to do as much as much as we can to celebration. Yeah. What about you, Bob? Yeah. I, I have to think of and like sort of gather myself in terms of what I, I, I look back at the season and I enjoyed it and I feel like I, I guess what I'm taking from it is the celebration being so important that it's it's not really a I mean it is a luxury but it is like something that I think most humans most cultures will like do and try to do even in the darkest times and there's definitely I guess maybe what I take from it is like in a pandemic, it's made celebration so difficult and all the things we take for granted around celebration. Like, I think one thing that I took for granted is celebration. I would think about it maybe more as like a person to celebrate. It, my mind always goes there, but it's really such the hardest celebration is community and, and often like community gathering. Um, and so the pandemic has really thrown a wrench in those gears. So we have to get creative around celebrations and, um, you know, it's, it's also hard because like creativity takes a lot of effort and I know myself, I'm like just constantly busy with, you know, doing my job and all these other things. So it's hard to like celebrate people as much as I want to. I feel like even though I, I know that it's important, I don't feel like I'm necessarily doing a good job of celebrating people in my life. So yeah, that's, that's part of it. And then I also just want to say the idea of um, the, the spread of the virus. Um, it's like, People, maybe people are like, I don't know, 
if the word is appropriate, but like addicted to celebration because these new surges are are very much due to like Thanksgiving and people are really fearing the the Christmas gathering. Um, what another surge in, in California, it's just like a dire situation. Like hospitals are way, you know, impacted beyond what they can manage. So yeah, maybe there's also this this really dark side of celebration as well that we maybe didn't really explore that much. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I do yeah, I do think that that uh, that idea of the addiction to celebration is a, a kind of a unique one, not one I've thought about before or one that's necessarily come came up this season. I definitely got that feeling post Thanksgiving of I, there were so many people that I knew that I know that got sick during that time, you know, mm. and it like doesn't. It does feel like that was a right around the time too, like right when we got that post Thanksgiving like uh, surge, and we that was also the time that we the announcement came about the two vaccines, and I feel like it kind of was this like weird hodgepodge of like, are we through this? Are we not? Are we like, like people wanting to look to the future and celebrate? Like it, I definitely on a personal note, I felt like a surge of hope, you know, with this idea of the vaccines. And I was not expecting to feel that at all. I was not expecting to be like, Oh my God, this is like, I was expecting to feel more like, oh yeah, but is this really going to do anything? Is this like the, like, is there really a miracle vaccine or like, will I even get it? And who knows? But I felt like I have felt this like surge of like, maybe like I won't end up getting coronavirus and maybe I'll get through this. And maybe, I don't know. There's like this piece of optimism that comes with the vaccine that I know that I personally felt. And yeah, I, definitely have this idea of like a little bit of celebration and i know that that's probably happening to a lot of people too but not none that is to say that i feel like i very much hunkered down both um i went on a few walks but besides that that's like as much celebration as i did so yeah (laughs) there is that darkness to celebration right now isn't there yeah, there is. Yeah. But even with even without coronavirus, there can be a darkness, like a sense of like exclusion of who doesn't get invited to the party or like a sense of like, oh, yeah, like it's being at a party or a celebration is such an extroverted moment, you know, and maybe that's not how people want to celebrate. So, yeah, it is good to bring up those before we close out celebration. So, I'm glad you're doing that, Bob. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. It's maybe I'll just, since I have the chance, we, we interviewed and had Dan on the show for two episodes and we didn't really talk about celebration, but the both episodes were so fun that that second episode I think was like really hitting on, on, on all gears. And I really enjoyed that one in particular. So I just want to mention that while we have the chance looking back at season four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes listen to the episodes. We, I used to meticulously listen to every episode. I, I was the editor for the first 15 shows of Thriving, and then Nadir got brought onto the crew. I've been pretty busy 
and haven't had a chance to listen to every, each and every episode again because I feel like I, I've been given this like little bit of a break where I don't have to be so dedicated to the podcast, you know, or the narrow cast. And yeah, but I did take like the second last week's episode, or yeah, the second the episode 32 came out with Dan, this um, part two of the poetry. I listened to the first 15 minutes and I was just like, losing it i just thought it was like hilarious to go back and listen to that so yeah i don't know sometimes we're we're just in that vibe you know yep yeah things just are good for everyone who's on it you know everyone's having a good day or something yeah I like that. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like a third person adds a hard dynamic to a podcast or like we haven't done it yet, but a fourth person like feels like it'd be a tough dynamic to go back and forth on and have a natural conversation. But well, maybe that's a goal for next year to see how we can increase the ante a little bit. Yeah, I am kind of flowing right into our next idea of just talking about a year in review and reflection on the podcast. So maybe maybe I'll open it up to that a little bit. Does that feel okay, Bob? Yeah, it does. Just wide open. Wide open, yeah. I feel like we one of the things we do, we record on a website called Zencaster. And we do not do a video feed. That's been a question that like almost every guest has is like, how do you guys do this? Like right. what is what is the the format? And we randomly just chose Zencaster because during the pandemic they gave us free storage space and free usage of their website but they do not have a video feed so we just like kind of talk with and there can be a lot of like awkward pauses in the raw cut between especially when you add a third person it's like is it my turn to talk is it your turn and I don't know I am kind of curious to do a little bit of a test run on a different website and try video feed Bob yeah, I've seen others do that, and I like that. I like um, the idea of doing like special Zoom feed episodes, like uh, every now and then a special episode with the Zoom feed. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know why this happened, but every episode now that we publish gets posted to YouTube. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I don't even know what account it's going to. One of my accounts, I'm assuming. Gotcha. So, <laughs> yeah, it would be. I know that that's like a a thing that a lot of podcasts and things try and do to you know, like get your YouTube counts up and get your disc. You know, trying to get across all formats. Not something we've really delved into too much, but I do like the idea of getting a video feed. So, moving. Not for every episode, but just every once in a while, because I think it is kind of fun to have some visuals, especially when a guest is on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. um, I guess, Bob, I got to ask you, what are some of your favorite moments of the Thriving in Dystopia 2020? Oh, man. Yeah, what a great question. And we've done, let's say it again, we've done 34 episodes, but two or three bonuses in there, something like that. So, you you know, close to 40. And we started back in May. First one we recorded was on your birthday in May. And I 
Uh, one of my first favorite ones was one that didn't get that many downloads. It's the restaurant at the end of the world. Do you remember that one, Dave? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about like shopping and cooking during the pandemic. And I just, I guess, loved hearing from you around that and loved talking about that, having an outlet for that. So I think that just, and it had a good title to it. It's funny that listeners uh, kick that one to the, to the dustbin of history, you know? Yeah, that's true. Not a, not a highly downloaded one. Yeah, that yeah. one was, we were so fresh. I like thinking about that as well. Like the idea of what we've learned too. Like that would be another sort of sub question. And I feel like, Looking back, we were, I ended up cutting a lot of minutes from that episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We, we recorded for like an hour and that episode only turned out to be like 40 minutes long, which we don't really cut much of, you know? Um, and I should say Nadir doesn't cut very much of it. You know, he cuts the pauses and some of the ums, but none of the content really, like it's pretty much just straight through and yeah, that episode had a lot of weird stuff that we talked about. And I was like, is this? And I was like trying to curate it a little bit. But I feel like one of the lessons I've learned, and you can mark this down on your pad, Bob. Um, one of the lessons I've learned is that the medium of podcasting is kind of a little bit looser, a little bit less produced than other other mediums, you know? Like I feel like when I've done like videos for YouTube or Mm, what else have I done? Like just like other streaming type things or like lessons. It's like a little more open ended. And I feel like that the idea of the narrow cast is kind of like, I don't know. It feels like a little more authentic. And that was one of the things that we were trying to cultivate right from the start. And that was like, a, like almost all the feedback that we got was like, yeah, it feels like, a, you know, we're sitting, like everyone always talked about how it's like, we're sitting around the kitchen table, you know? Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. And how it's like just a conversation and it's like, there's not a lot of pretense or production. And we've done, we've messed around a little bit with like putting a few songs in or storytelling and I feel like that's okay, but. It's nothing too advanced. I kind of like that. I like that idea of the production of a pod. I mean, and podcasts, of course, go to the like 10th level where it's like so much editing happens. But anyways, yeah, that that was one of the lessons I learned. We don't need to edit everything and we don't need to be perfect. Yeah, that is true. That is, yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, like the medium of podcasting. Yeah. I would say, so we had that first season, first eight episodes back in the summer. I guess you were still working at the time, but then it maybe went into summer for you. Do you have a, a favorite early episode? Uh, I'd say our like our best episode is number six, defund the police, hashtag defund. I feel like that was one that gets like people feel like they learned a lot from and they it's like opened eyes for and I, I feel like I learned a lot from that so yeah I feel, I don't know that to me felt like one of the better ones for 
for and it's not something we do a lot of right we don't do a lot of like pre-research necessarily research Mm -hmm. yeah and we don't like i definitely remember having a very uh big and clear outline for that that i and like a lot of points that i wanted to get across and i don't think that our podcast ended up going that direction even though it could have yeah it just felt like if we did go that direction we would have had to have made concessions with how often we were able to come out with episodes and what topics we would take on. And I think we decided that that while we do like that every now and then we don't feel like we're experts on anything. So it's interesting how that was an episode of like us really learning and trying to like get really clear points across. And we got a lot of really positive feedback, but our podcast, I don't think really went down that direction, you know? (laughs) No, it didn't. We wanted the, Basically podcasting every week, which is pretty impressive, I would say. I think as a podcast, we put out a, a lot of content. Yeah, that's like that's for sure. As much as anyone except for like the New York Times, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe Joe Rogan. That guy's like doing three hours a day or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like... Early on too, when we, I was talking with uh, Teague and he was, he decided that he was going to take the single acorn uh, podcast with every two weeks and he was going to take like long breaks in between seasons Yeah, where he would able. And I think that that's necessary because the information on his podcast is like tons of like research-based stuff. And, you know, he's very well-informed and like, he's already like a well-informed guy. Um, but I was like, yeah, I just don't think that that's like the direction we're going to go. And so I feel like it's interesting. I feel like the two episodes we picked from season one, like they are kind of like at the opposite ends of what we can do, even though they're basically the same episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that about Teague's show as well. And thinking through that, I would want to then ask you about season two. Did we... We didn't really even have a theme for it. What do you? What are your recollections, impressions of season two? When when I bring bring up that title, uh, topic, well, oh, I guess I I want to say this about season one as well, and I like the way that we're walking down the season paths. Um, I feel like season one also did not have like a theme based around it, but I've thought about season one as the theme is thriving in dystopia, you know, and we Mm. talked about how we can thrive as much as we can. Like, what does it mean to thrive? But also we really dissected dystopias in each episode. And that's right. We we do take a lot of time and, you know, with our two part series with Dave Harris, we like dissected. That's all we did for like two, two plus hours of just dissecting dystopian worlds in the movies. Um, but like we used to try and make sure we hit a dystopia each week, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So we didn't really have a theme for season two either. Do you have, I'm, and I know that I like looking back on it, I do feel like there was a theme that I had in mind, but we never really explicitly said it, Hmm. but I'm not coming up with it. Are you coming up with it? No, the, the, like the episode that I remember that was like, not with any guests was just us talking about the prisoner's dilemma. Do you remember Mm. that one? Yeah. 
I, I do. I mean, we did the episodes are like on education, prisoners dilemma. We did the music episode. That was when Ma and we had a bunch of guests, right? We had Mike and Helen both guest starred during that season. And Katie. So yeah. I I guess I don't really know if we had a theme, but yeah. Nothing's really coming up for me. So yeah, what was uh but what was your favorite episode or like an episode that stood out to you during that season? Uh yeah, all those sound really good. Yeah, I guess you know, I'll just mention briefly that we had mom on and other listeners have re- requested for us to bring her back and I'd like to do that again. And then I also really like those education episodes. Those went pretty deep and we started exploring transformative justice in the classroom, but also just explored like what's it like to be a teacher during COVID and those you know, I think we could we could do a whole podcast on that just because we're both teachers, so I thought those were really good. Mm, yeah. You know what? I'm remembering what it was, Bob. Yeah. The theme of that season was connection, even though it wasn't explicit. Oh, yeah. That's right. It was all about, and I think that's part of why we had so many guests on. We were like trying to connect and like raise connection in this like time of, uh, like, I don't know, just being away from each other for so long, you know? Yeah, that's right. Which, yeah. I no episode is really standing out to me, but um, I do like the music episode. I think that that uh, yes, to me, we took. Do you remember how we did it, Bob? Yeah, I do. We, we took three different three different themes, and we each picked a song from each of those themes. Right? Yeah. One was nostalgia, and what was the other two? I always kind of thought of it as like past, present, future. So yeah, nostalgia was past. Um, maybe present was like dancing, and like oh, future yeah. was like inspirational music. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good. That's good. Yeah, I remember liking all the songs, and I liked how that was. I think one of the first episodes that Nadir did for us, and he edited oh, yeah. all the songs into them, and I felt like it turned out pretty good. Yeah. And it, it was fun to listen to music. And I, it definitely was like another like, huh, is our, do we want to like really dive deep into like music and all this and take the podcast into like, cause we, at the time, the only way that we ended the show was with tuned in. Yeah. So the first two seasons, that's how we ended the show tuned in. Right. Yep. And I really like tuned in. I really like that idea, but I'm also yeah. like, man, I feel like oftentimes I'm I'm wanting like other people to like submit tuned ins because I feel like it gets a little tiresome just hearing what like Bob and Dave are listening to, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but maybe that should be like a go to thing that we do with guests. Like whenever we have a guest on the show, we should have, do a tuned in. Have a tuned in. Yep. Well, should we talk about season three a little bit? The third one? Yeah. We talked talked about season four at the start celebration, but I'd, I would like to dive a bit into the season on isolation. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I do really enjoy that se- season. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to start it off, Dave? Yeah. I think that that was a season where every episode, like you asked me at the start of this episode today, like what, what did you learn from celebration? I feel like, I don't know if I don't, I, I kept thinking about episodes of where I like learned something like I had an epiphany moment there and it, they were all like during that isolation season where I was like, Oh my God, I've never thought about it this way. I felt like every me as a podcaster, I learned and I don't know if other people like will had this reaction or would have had this reaction, but I feel like all those episodes, I was like, Oh my God, this is like what an apology is. And this is why we don't know how to apologize or like, Oh, this is how we should do zoom calls. We should just do like actual hanging out. And this is what we're missing, you know? So I feel like I had a lot of moments of like me as a person, I learned a lot of like who I am, which is an introspective thing. And I felt that that felt really good to me. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah. We we had some great dialogues, and that sort of like it was like a three part series on apology, forgiveness, and then it sort of like ended with, yeah, those are fine, but the problem is like we're starting with those things as if like people have to do those things, and well, those could be like nice outcomes if the process is better and the process needs to be around like communication and taking responsibility and um yeah like restorative justice transformative justice so like that those were those were really good i feel like that that could turn in like that those ideas could turn into like an article or a book because just don't hear those ideas out there very much yeah yeah and I also feel like it's interesting that season, the only guest we had on was Dave Harris and we talked about movies and delved into that. And so it's interesting how many guests we had on in season two and in season three, we had no, no guests really just, I mean, sorry, Dave, we, we had just Dave and yeah, it definitely feels like the most cohesive season. And I agree that there was a lot of like a lot of learning to be done there. <clears throat> I think it's my favorite season, to be honest. And there's no like episode that's really standing out to me besides how much fun we had doing the dystopian cinema. Yeah, that was great with Dave. And that was when we could just we could just do that as a podcast too. Week in, week out, because even since since those episodes, I have noted so many other movies that are out there in the dystopian tradition that are just really interesting. So yeah, that, that was a lot of fun with Dave. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then I'm, I guess I just want to open it up a little bit more, Bob. Are there any other lessons that you've learned or that you want to share or any other episodes that you want to highlight that we haven't talked about? That feels good to me. Yeah. I'm, I was now thinking about like, where do we want to go in this new year now that we don't live in a dystopia anymore? You know, everything's different now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It's all different, isn't it? Yep. Thriving in what used to be a dystopia. (laughs) Yeah. There is that feeling too, right? That's like the big message. Like everything is like, 
can't wait to be done with 2020. Like this year's been the worst. Like let's burn it to the ground. Like so over it. And it's like, yeah, but like, is anything going to be different tomorrow? Like we know nothing will, will have changed. Like I do hope to move towards progress, of course, but like, it's a slow go with anything with, uh, like a global pandemic. It's not just like the fact that the calendar changes tomorrow is going to like make any difference in the world. Right. Yes. But it's like those moments. It's like, it's like everything. We don't notice change. Change happens on such a geologic scale that we can't like even really, it's not perceivable. Right. It's like your hair growing. You don't notice it's growing until like you actually like look at it and be like, Oh damn, my hair is super long. I got to get a haircut. Yes. That's like the change of the world. Like you don't notice anything's changed and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, yeah, things are a little bit better. Or like, Oh man, things are so much worse. Like we really dropped the ball on climate change or what have you. Um, yeah. So yeah. Any ideas on that, Bob? Like where, where you want to go to? Where to go with the podcast? Yeah. I, I love having guests on the show. And I also love just talking with you. So I like that, um, to continue in those ways. And where I really want to go is somehow make it so it's like just so much more interactive and we are able to like get more feedback from our listeners and I don't know, spread, spread the podcast to different places and just somehow like include people more. It's. I don't know what that, I mean, I'm probably like, you know, doing more outreach and things like that. Uh, and, you know, at some point maybe I'll have more time and I can do that, but that's where I would love to take it. And that is also like, I had this interesting moment, like listening to this other podcast called Rebel Steps. There's like an anarchist network of podcasts that they all kind of like support each other and talk about each other on their own, on their podcasts. And like our podcast brings up anarchism a a good amount. And I was like, Hey, maybe we can get in this network with these other anarchist podcasts. But, um, I was like listening to the other ones. like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't, they wouldn't have us, you know, they're more, more like explicitly political. And, um, but like, yeah, yeah. Just something like that might be, great for the podcast being in like a network um yeah just because I, I i really enjoy the podcast it brings me a lot of joy it seems to bring other folks joy and people who come on it so just kind of want more of that hmm, yeah <clears throat> i do think like before i started back in school again i i had more time to think about the podcast and like what did i want from it but i haven't really thought about it since august like, what do I want from it? And it's nice to have a few weeks off because I have thought about that a little bit. And I think like over this break, I've one of the ideas that I have had is like, I don't know if I want anything more than it's already giving me. Like, I, I do agree that I would love to be more connected with other like podcast formats, people, more like interaction, more feedback, more guests, and all that stuff. But I'm also like, you know, on the other end of things, like if if I go back and listen to episode one, I think one of my 
realizations is like, I just wanted a way to connect with you, Bob, and a way to connect with just like our, our community, like our group of friends and people that we love and adore and talk about and bring on the show. Like I want, I wanted that. And that's kind of why we like when this all started and we were both in like lockdown um, and feeling like really distant from the world and each other. And I, I really want that to continue, like regardless of anything else. And I've said this before, like if, if nobody were to listen, it's still, that's pretty good. Even if nobody's listening, um, like I, I guess it still brings me a lot of happiness to be able to talk with you. And it's like such a directed conversation that like, yeah, sometimes we just pick up the phone and it's like, we just like talk about nothing and it can be really good. But sometimes like, it's really nice to have like a theme or like something to talk about. So I feel like the connection that it's brought us has been huge. And then, um, yeah, but like every moment, like just today, um, I got a text message from Jason, Jason K out in Vermont who at some point he'll be on the show. And he was like super stoked by the fact that uh, last week we mentioned like during Dan's big rant on bands, he was like, Oh my God, I love the fact that you mentioned frightened rabbit, you know? And it's like, Oh, those are like, so, so cool that like Jason connects with that frightened rabbit moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. I think like what you said, if it was just us with no listeners, would I still do it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's still so good. Um, but the fact that we do have listeners and um, the more like user, not user, listener generated content, I think the better. It's like, that's that's what's interesting to me. And yeah, more people who come on and just that it's like this greater dialogue because it has the opportunity to be. It certainly has been that at times. Um, and I just always want like, it's like, I don't know. I imagine like there's a, somehow this like young person out there who's like, oh, this podcast is great. I want to like be like the person who helps, helps you, you know, gather some, some like opinions or like, mm. you know, does that type of work. <laughs> so, someone who has some energy to do it because you and I, I mean, we have you know, aspirations, but it just, yeah, I don't think we ever have the energy to do much more than we do. Yeah. Well, yeah. If anybody ever wants to do like a mini series, we will definitely put it up on the, up on the, the podcast feed. It'd be fun. That I think that's one of my goals for 2021 is to have a show that I don't uh, that I do without you and have a show that you do without me. Oh yeah. That'd be interesting. Nice. That's like been a thought of mine of like just having a conversation with someone else. And another thought, it was like, what if there was a show with neither of us, right? Like a few other people talking. Cause I definitely feel like. Yes. Love that. Yeah. So those are some goals. If anyone wants to make an episode of thriving in dystopia or a mock, uh, mock you sewed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'd be pretty funny yeah. i could see, i could see that we will definitely post that so that's yeah, we a will definitely post that challenge to the <laughs> listeners out there good call, stuff dave call up your friends call up your brothers call up your sisters get them on <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's like thriving in dystopia for the people 
right? Oh yeah. And there, was, there was this point where we were going to be, me or you was going to be on another podcast, but that fell through because we got too busy. Yeah. And then there was this point where I was like, it'd be really fun to have someone we don't know on the podcast. So, because typically we have people that we know really well, you know? Yeah, true. Okay. Life goals, Bob. Do you have your pad out? Are you writing them all down? Yeah, I'm writing. I do have my pad out. (laughs) Good. Good mensch, Bob. All right. Any other goals that you want to share with me before we move on? Yeah. I'm just really appreciative for you, Dave, and the podcast and everyone out there who still listens. And yeah. Just hope we can keep it going in in this next year. Perfect. Well, we missed the Did You Know last week, so cue the music, Nadir. Hey, hey, did you know? 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 (laughs) I guess it was my did you know, so maybe I could start. Yeah, let's do it, Bob. Okay, so mine is in the form of a trivia question. And you might know this because you might have found out the way that I found out. It's uh, about football, which I don't really like celebrating football, but it happened to be on my mind. Um, Dave, can you name the um, only team in NFL history who had the most um, offensive yards in a season and the most defensive yards, like the le- led the league in offense and defense in a season? And defensive yards means yards against or least oh, yeah. against? Yeah, least yards. So yards against. So they had the least. And so they had like the best, massive, best offense. Yeah, a massive like yardage differential. Can you give me like a 20 a year time frame to operate in? Um, I could give you a better hint. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just say it's in the last 20 years. Okay. And. Here's a really good hint. This team did not make the playoffs. What? Oh my god. I was thinking it was going to be the Indianapolis Colts cuz I feel like they're a powerhouse of offense. But they and I was thinking we uh I'll do a quick quick tuned in here. There's a uh amazing two-part YouTube video called the Bob emergency and <laughs> one of the Bobs is Bob Sherman. Is that his no, name? Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders. Yeah. Saunders. Right. Bob Sanders for the Indianapolis Colts and how he like changed the defense of the, but they never had a great defense. So, and the Patriots always made the playoffs. So that's a no, that's a no go. I don't know, Bob. <laughs> it's uh the 10 and six, um, 2010 San Diego Chargers. Dang. <laughs> Ed, so why do you think they didn't make the playoffs? A 10 and 6? I feel like, and their division is cupcakes with the Broncos and the Chiefs. I mean, those are pathetic teams. So I guess they just, who knows, Bob? It was um, special teams. They had the worst special teams unit in NFL history in terms of uh, they had all these punt returns on them and they had like all these punt blocks. Like they accounted for um, almost half the league, like being punt blocked against. Dang. So uh, yeah, just a, a hilarious team. And 
Yeah, the only team ever to be first in defense and first in offense, and they didn't make the playoffs. Wow. That's a good that's a good one. Yep. Well, I'll share a quick mini one. Um first I'll share the fact that the just to keep on theme that the um the Times Square New Year's Eve ball is twelve feet in diameter. I found that to be pretty big. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking of a movie because there's not a ton of movies that take place on New Year's. Oh yeah. And the only movie that I could come up with, because we've watched so many holiday movies this year, the only movie I could come up with is not a specifically New Year's related one, but it does end on New Year's. And I'm gonna see if you can get it. It's um let me just interrupt me when you if you can think of it, Bob. Okay. It, was made in 1960. It was directed by Billy Wilder. It stars a young Jack Lemon. I think I got it. Okay, what is it? Is it The Apartment? The Apartment, yes. And a young Shirley MacLaine. I feel like that movie is the only New Year's Eve movie that I can think of. Wow. Yeah. I can't think of any either. So, <clears throat> anyways, if you really want to go watch a mediocre movie, it has its highs and its lows, but mostly lows. You can go watch The Apartment. One and author, <laughs> best picture. Yeah, and it has that great quote. Are we, are we dressing for dinner tonight? <laughs> no, come as you are. <laughs> that's, about, that's about all you need. Yep. Uh, well, Bob, I also forgot the social coordinates last week. Oh no, Carbone did it. Ian, okay. Ian nailed it. He Thank gave you. up. He made up some fake ones. Okay, <laughs> to get in touch with us. Uh, that was hilarious. Anyways, uh, thrivingindystopia.com, Dave Petrie at Gmail, bmaze nineteen on Twitter, and thriving underscore in underscore dystopia on Instagram. <laughs> there we are. Well, is that it, Dave? Is that it for twenty twenty? Damn, that's it. Uh, burn it to the ground, Bob, because we got a new day tomorrow. That's right. And may may the seeds grow. May the may the seedlings grow. Love it, Bob. Well, thanks for the thanks for the app. Love you, Bob. Love you too, Dave. Take care. What's up, driving crew? Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending them your ears. They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. The intro song is in heaven by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Chayetch. Web design by Chris the Mixer Sawyer. And of course, visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. And finally, our new outro song is a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love by our editor, Nadir. See you next week. Sin,